From the Diocese of Springfield in Illinois, this is Dive Deep. We dive deep into our Catholic faith. I am Andrew Hansen, alongside Amber Servany and Father Chris House, a special guest back with us, Father Michael Friedel. Father Friedel, always a pleasure. Thank you. So today we are talking about why does the Catholic Church move priests around? We're going to get the priest perspective. Um, and what better than to have Father Friedel and Father House here who are both going to be in new parishes as of July 1. We're recording this podcast in June. So Father House will be pastor at Christ the King in Springfield. Father Friedel will be pastor of Our Lady of Lords in Decatur. Uh, first off, just really quick, kind of get the ball rolling here. Father House moving to a new parish and that announce I mean, the announcement goes out. I mean, there's got to be so much excitement and also a lot of angst telling your old parish or cathedral. And, you know, tell us about just that initial when the announcement was made and the amount of texts you get and phone calls. And Well, the problem is this year is unlike any other. So that really is uh, being that we've been in this pandemic and not with our people. So it wasn't done in any type of normal way. Um, we dropped a letter here at the cathedral because not everybody is on email, not everybody is on Facebook, social media. So um, we dropped that letter out, assuming it would arrive at that the weekend that was appointed that Saturday. So people got it at Monday at various times. Um, in years past, uh, I remember always making those announcements at Mass. And for me, it was like you get this growing pit in your stomach as you're <laughs> going through Mass, knowing that you're going to drop this announcement on people at the end of Mass. And it got to the point in my later assignments when I was pastor, I just sent a letter out. I would send it out so that people had it before that next Sunday because it just it was it was too much just to drop that either at the beginning of mass or the end of mass and that so because you get a whole variety of emotions you know some people are very sad it's a it's a mixture of emotions for the priest you know some people are probably happy it just depends I mean wherever you go I mean <laughs> Jesus wasn't liked by everybody and we know that priests aren't always liked by everybody so that's just a fact of life yeah and you moved a bunch which we'll get into in a little bit Father Friedel uh, this is your first go around at the cathedral your first assignment now heading to Decatur you're also becoming a pastor for the first time so yeah. <laughs> describe that that angst or maybe that pit in your stomach of of having to make that announcement uh, it's also you know talking to your parents and your friends and then ultimately sure. obviously the parishioners yeah it's not it's not something I'm used to making those announcements yet but uh yeah, it's just it's a it's a great privilege to become a pastor for the first time and like Father House said it's it's such a strange time to be making those transitions. One of the thing that's things that's really struck me in the past, you know, couple of weeks is just how little I'm able to say goodbye to people uh at the cathedral and at SHG. So so that's kind of the big um challenge right now. You know, I haven't had to go through a lot of um transitions yet, so I don't have a lot of other experience with it, but um, not being able to sort of see the people and, and uh, you know, please God, we'll be back in, in our churches by July 1, so able to, to say hello to people uh, in person. But, but yeah, it's, it's a big transition, and it's <laughs> exciting, uh, but it's, it's also a little nerve-wracking. Uh, so why does the Catholic Church move priests? So you mentioned Father House. There's, you know, there could be obviously a handful of, uh, handful of your parishioners who may be thankful you're, you're leaving, but uh, they're obviously... A multitude, and I think I speak for most parishioners, overall, they're still sad to see their pastor go. And that big question, I loved my parish priest. He has done so much for my parish. Why move him? So why does the Catholic Church move priests? What seems like so often, but I know it's it's maybe for parochial vicars, it's every few years. For pastors, it's roughly every eight years. Well, for pastor, it can be, it's more likely for pastors, probably generally 10 to 15. Okay. 
But this is more of a more recent phenomenon, in essence, more of the multiple moves. It used to be that pastors were in parishes sometimes for 20, 30, even 40 years. In fact, in the old Code of Canon Law, there was even something uh, called a irremovable pastor. Hmm. So priests could be locked in because it was kind of seen as a nuptial relationship, just as Christ with the church, so a pastor with his parish. It's like a no-trade cause in uh, Major League Baseball or the NFL. Quite uh, well, without the lucrative uh, <laughs> uh, things surrounding, surrounding that. But uh, yeah, so it, priest movements are seem to be coming maybe more and more than what people remember. Um, and that's for various reasons. One, our numbers have diminished, um, so that means other things happen, that we have clustering of parishes where we didn't have that in the past. There are more needs and less men to fulfill those needs uh, among the priests. And so various things happen. And then there are things that come up. Sometimes there is a parish that needs something, and there may be a, a priest who is more apt to fulfill that need. Or sometimes the priest himself needs a change for health reasons, for whatever. he's He's been here X amount of time, various things like that. So there are... Many, many reasons why the priest personnel moves change. Sometimes just sometimes it's best for the priest, sometimes it's best for the parish, sometimes it's best for both, and sometimes neither are happy. But mm-hmm. you know, the bishop sees the whole board. He has to look at the whole diocese and what the needs are for all of the parishes and not just one specific place. And he is sympathetic to people who are happy with their situation priests who are happy with their parish, priests who are, are people who are happy with their priest, but sometimes he has to make that difficult request of, I know you're happy, I know things are well, but for a greater good, I need you to move. And I think, Amber, as lay people, we forget all of that, what Father House said. We think, I, I love Father House, I love Father Friedel, why can't these guys stay? They're doing so much good work, but we have to remember that they're not our priests. They are priests of the diocese, in other essence, they're, they're priests of the church. So their talents might be, maybe they built up our, our parish so well, and their talents should be taken to a parish that could maybe use maybe different elements or seen a priest with different talents to help boost that off. Almost like the, you know, the, um, the old adage of paying it forward. Um, so I guess, what do, what do you think? Because yeah. you're, you're in this book because you're, you're a past, you're a parishioner here at Cathedral. Yeah, so you're, you're losing, losing Father House. Hey, yeah. And Father, <laughs> Father Friedel. Friedel. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I think this is my fourth year at the cathedral and we've had, um, you know, the parochial vicars that change, but never the pastor. So there's always some like stability that's happening. Now we're like, our whole world seems like it got flipped upside down and it is totally selfish. We know that we're getting a wonderful priest here at the cathedral and still it's like my everyday Sunday thing that I come to expect to know is kind of gone and it's just totally selfish. I know that they're going to go and be super wonderful in their um, new parishes, but I mean, I think it's just a total selfish thing for people. They, you know, have something going and it's something, it's like family, right? That's what you hope it is. You hope your parish is your parish family and you see your priest as your, you know, your, your father, you know, type role. And I think that's, that's a loss um, when you really do love your pastor. Yeah, Father Friedel, when you, when you hear that from, you know, our lay perspective, and again, this is your first move here, yeah. what, what, what goes through your mind as you hear Amber, you know, she's your parishioner at Cathedral. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things that just being, you know, in the parish for a couple of years, stepping into that real sort of fatherhood, that real spiritual fatherhood, it's, it's, uh, it's something you don't take lightly, and especially in your first assignment, you know, you, you get to know people in such a wonderful way in those first years as, priest, uh, as a priest, and so it is such a challenge leaving, you know, that first sort of family that you came into, leaving cathedral, leaving SHG. It, it carries that burden with it. 
Um, but it's, your heart is sort of torn because you know that the Lord is calling you onto something else, right? If, if this is really his will um, expressed to me by the bishop, that I go to Decatur to become uh, pastor of these parishes, then I know that the Lord has something great in store for me there. And so there's this excitement to go, um, but this sorrow in leaving, you know, and it's, it's, it's a difficult thing to work through, but, you know, we spend a lot of time in prayer thinking about these things and uh, <laughs> mulling them over, and um, even, you know, some weeks before it's public, <laughs> you know, we're carrying that in our hearts, so. Yeah, I can't imagine that you guys have this, you know, this insider information, if you want to use the, uh, that, that phrase, <laughs> and uh, you just gotta, gotta hold it there until you just want to blurt it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now, now, Father House, you have moved several times, so this isn't a question for Father Friedel because he's, he's got his first one here, but the big question is, do you as priests like to move? That's, that's a, it's, a, uh, it's, it's easier to move if you don't acquire things. You got all your books. Oh, geez, geez, geez. 33 boxes of books. If only I had read some of them. You know, I don't know why I keep carting them around, but... Uh, it's intellectual wallpaper, they say. So, you know, it's, um, it's a mixed bag. It's, it's always it's new experiences, new challenges, all these things, because you know there's graces waiting for you, but you also know there's plenty of graces where you're at. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a challenge. I mean, and, and priests are different. Some guys go into a place, and they would be happy to be forgotten about. They just keep their head down every spring when personnel board is meeting. They don't want to be bothered. Some priests, you know, every so many years, they're ready to move on and that. So we don't have terms in this diocese. We used to. Pastors used to have a six-year term and then could be renewed for another six years. Um, Other dioceses have that. We don't have that anymore. So some guys use that six and six mentality, but it's different. It's different for everybody. So you know, it's like anything. There, there's excitement, yes. There's also, um, there's some sorrow. There can be some trepidation. Some days you're like, okay, yeah, let's do this. And some days it's like, yeah, let's just, you know, this is, why disrupt the order? So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a mixed bag. Now, tell, tell the listeners where you have all been. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and if you can remember back to those moves, oh, you know, yeah. what, again, the, the old, what was it like having to, you look back on your, your time as a priest, Jesus, you've been bam, 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 all along I-55 in, in essence. Yeah. No, I, I was ordained and, and sent to Christ the King. So this is kind of going back to where it all began, yeah. That's pretty cool. That was my first assignment, but while there, I was going up to Mundelein, back to the seminary to finish a license in sacramental theology. So I was back and forth a lot, and got home, and everything was fine, and then I was home, I think, for about a week in May, week and a half, and it was graduation night, it was a Friday night, and about 3.45, because pictures were at 4.30, then Bishop Lucas, now Archbishop Lucas, called, and he said, um... I'm sorry, I have to ask you to take a new assignment, and I need you to go down to Collinsville, be the parochial vicar down there at St. Peter and Paul. And he goes, and, and tell your pastor too. And I'm just like, oh. And so I went down and knocked on Monsignor Lance's door, and that's, that's the rest of that conversation is for another time. So, because I was the last residential vicar at Christ the King. Are you thinking, that. in that moment, you're like, I've been here nine months, Bishop. Well, after, yeah, well, especially because it was literally just a week and a half earlier, he was like, you know, go back, get settled back in, enjoy the next two or three years, and in just a week and a half, personnel needs shifted. And so I got this phone call. And so, you know, I went, you know, I was heartbroken, 
But you know what? There were great people waiting for me down at Collinsville at Saints Peter and Paul, and I was there six months, and I stayed there, but they asked me to help take care of St. Mary's in Edwardsville for six months, and so I worked with some really great people there as well, and then came back to the good people of St. Peter Paul and Collinsville, and then got called the following May to go become pastor in Wood River and East Alton, and uh, was asked to merge those two parishes into one as my first pastorate. So I was, I was 29 at the day, just turned 29, I was like, I got through it, because it was great people. Father Friedel, you you're in the clear there for, for merging parishes. Well, I was, I was Father Friedel's pastor during all that oh, time. Yeah, I was the first time we met. So. Wow. But yeah, and so then I was there two years, and I came up to the cathedral and was here for six months as administrator, ended up staying on as vocation director and helping out in restoration, then went down to Auburn, Vernon, and Girard, where I had spent three summers in the seminary and was down there for a couple of years and was happy. And while, while I was up at the cathedral, I was also, we took care of St. Catherine Drexel back then. So the clergy here and uh, great people all along went down to Auburn, Vernon, Gerard, was there. And then I was asked by Cardinal George to join the faculty at Mundelein Seminary, went up there and I was there a few months and Bishop <laughs> Kemi was made a bishop and Bishop Rocky called me on Ash Wednesday and said, uh, God bless him. He was it's probably the most sheepish I've ever heard, heard been, or he's been in a conversation. He's like, I need you to come home. And is the first part of the conversation always? Uh, no, 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 no. That's what I was saying. It's not a, with him. No, it's always a very polite and. But yeah, it was just it was. I think it was. He he knew I wasn't going to be the most thrilled at the time to be leaving the seminary because it was a great experience, but. You know, I'm ordained for this diocese, and I made a promise to his uh, predecessor and to his successor. So even though I didn't know him at the time, that promise was to him. And so he asked me to come home, and I said yes. And so I came back here to the cathedral and been here for six years, and many challenges and many graces and many great people, and then diocesan work as well. Yeah, what, was, what strikes me about everything you said is good people, good people good people. And that's where, you know, I think, again, as lay people, Amber and I, we, we, get, we get lost in the selfishness of, you know, I, this, is, this is my priest. Like, I want him. Um, but to your experience, you now have known all these good people right. throughout the diocese. And the experience for you, and when you look back on your, your time as this vocation, that has to be just so uplifting. Well, and that's why people, they'll ask at times, do you wish you would have just had more time here or there? Well, in one respect, yes. At the same time, I, I can't say I would do it any differently because I wouldn't know all these people. I wouldn't have had the different graces and all that. You know, at the time, it can be frustrating, but when you look back on it and you can see the tracing of the finger of God and all of it, then it, there's a clarity in that, that. But that's the whole point. We just have to trust and this is what God wants, and hopefully that's what, even if it isn't directly God's will, God will, will make good come of it. So, and yeah, I don't regret any assignment I've been in. I've heard the analogy between, you know, actual um, paternity, right? When you, you sort of welcome a new child, you think, oh, I couldn't possibly love more than I currently love my children <laughs> already, right? But you welcome a new parish, much like a father welcomes uh, a new son or daughter, your heart opens up, you, you know, you receive the capacity to love yet more. And uh, it's it's exactly like that. Your new parish becomes sort of like another child. Um, yeah, hopefully the analogy doesn't, you know, trace too far. But <laughs> but the, uh, 
you really do just have such a joy in, in welcoming that. And, and the Lord has so much in store for you uh, in that new parish too. So Now, Father Fido, you being named a pastor for the first time, a uh, little intimidating right now? <laughs> or did you have you seeked it? I mean, you, you guys have a new pastor workshop that the diocese right. puts mm-hmm. on, but how much have you been in contact with Father House and other pastors just kind of oh, getting... Yeah advice. Oh yeah. I've, um, I'm working on putting my speed dial together and, uh, they're going to get tired of hearing from me, I think, but, uh, you should have seen his face after the phone call because I immediately got a knock on my door. So yeah, I was probably pretty white uh. at that point, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was very, I was surprised, right. By the, um, by what Bishop asked uh, of me, but you know, that there's such a, there's a joy in being able to say yes, um, in obedience, knowing that, you know, they've thought through this. The, the personal board has a lot of priests and, and they've, you know, debated these things back and forth. And, and uh, the fact that they're asking means that, you know, as a board, at least they came to the conclusion that they think that I'm somehow capable of this. So uh, I will we'll try not to prove them wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, so we'll finish with this. I'll ask you both of you guys these questions uh, and your answer can't be good people. So Father House, what will you miss about the cathedral? And your answer can't be the good people. And what are you looking forward to about Christ the King? And it can't be they have good people there, even though I'm a parishioner there. So you could say, you could use me as an answer, though, if you want. Right. <laughs> that's, that's nice. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, with the cathedral, it's, it's going to be very different, an answer, because this place is, I'm tied to it in a very different way than I am to any other assignment. Um, I was ordained a deacon here. I was ordained a priest here. Um, I've been a priest for 18 years now. Nine and a half of those years have been here because I was here for two different stints. Um, I was a part of, the, I was on the steering committee for the restoration of the cathedral. So, so many different events of my life and different experiences um, are attached to this place and to its people. So, um, that's what's going to, that, that's what makes this unique. So, I'm going to, what am I going to miss? That's, I mean, to be honest, I mean, you don't want the good people answer, but that's what you miss. I mean, churches are beautiful. The buildings are beautiful. The cathedral is beautiful. Absolutely, it's breathtaking. But its greatest beauty is in the people who come to worship in it and the joys and the sorrows and everything in between that you share with those folks. That's Because right now, I, we're in the midst of this pandemic as of right now. We, I've been saying Mass in the cathedral for two and a half months every day. And it's a beautiful building. But um, there's a sadness with that because the people aren't in that building right now. So that's, at the end of the day, that's, that's what I'll miss. And I know I'm going to find, once again, good people at CTK. CTK is going to be... Great um, people. I have no great. doubt. I know because I know but, a lot of them. Cathedral had both great people and a great... Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. So, yeah. So, so before um, Amber and Andrew go to blows here, we'll just... Uh, you know, it was, it's good here. It will be good there because Christ is in both. So, Father Friedel, it's kind of the same question to you. I guess you can use the good people, but is there anything, maybe in particular in Decatur, uh, I know you, you spent some time there as a seminarian? I did, yeah, as a deacon. Mm-hmm. And, and so you kind of feed off that experience with anything about the city or maybe something unique about Our Lady of the Lords, the school. Um, you know, obviously this will be a school for sure. you here at Cathedral, no school. So some of those aspects you're looking forward to? I think that's the, the, the aspect I'm, I'm sort of most looking forward to is having the grade school because there's just... There's nothing like, you know, you have a hard day as a priest or you have to make some difficult decisions, but you walk over to the kindergartners <laughs> and they just run up to you like you're, you know, Jesus himself. Uh, so there's, there's something really beautiful about that experience. I'm, I'm so looking forward to 
uh, to being there. It's going to be hard. One of the things leaving here at Cathedral is the community of priests that we live in. Um, I'll still have uh, Deacon, soon-to-be father, uh, Michael Tremor with me at uh, Indicator. But, you know, having the the so many priests here in Springfield that, you know, we have a, we've built up a pretty good community. So it'll be hard leaving that. It'll be hard leaving, um, you know, we, I think we have beautiful liturgies here at Cathedral. We have a great music program. Obviously, you know, that's just the uncertainty of, I don't, I don't know what I'm walking into at, uh, at Lourdes. So, you know, they, they probably have beautiful music and beautiful <laughs> liturgy as well, but I, I don't know that, right? That's part of the uncertainty of, you don't know what you're receiving. You only know what you're leaving. And so it's, you know, you try to stay focused on the gifts that are to come. Fabulous. Well, we wish you both the best. Thank you for your vocation. Father House, we'll see you at Christ the King, my pastor. (laughs) It's going to be good times, right? I hope. (laughs) Father Fredo, we wish you all the best in Decatur as well. Thank you for coming back on Dive Deep. Uh, If you'd like more podcasts, go to dial.org slash podcast. That's where they are all at. And we'll see you next time here on Dive Deep.